0: This is God's servant Dilip Koshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed. In Jesus' name. It's a wonderful season. What do you think? Amen. Not because it is FIFA World Cup season, which is exciting, of course, but... The real excitement of the season is the fact that it is Christmas. It is, this is the, the most exciting time of the year, as, as songs would say. This is true, man. There's something about the season. And I hope you're available for all that God wants you to do. Amen. I hope that you're, you're available to do all that God wants you to do. And to be wherever God wants you to be The season. There's such potential in the season. Such amazing potential in this season, Amen. And uh, this is a season of open doors. Season of open doors. God has been, uh, you know, pressing that in my heart for a while now. It's open doors. Wherever we go, we see open doors. And it's amazing how God gives us access into places that we've not imagined. Um, it's it's amazing. It's just it's supernatural. And it's a, it's that season that we are in. And if you are ready to minister the gospel, he will take you wherever he wants you to go. Amen. Amen. Nations will open for you. And I, I believe that nations are going to open up for us. Amen. So don't, don't waste your time. And I, even when I was sitting there, as Nisha was leading us in prayer, and I, the Lord said, you know, he's going to remove waste from your midst. And I, that word just came to me. He's going to remove, he's going to deal with waste You know, he's going to help us to redeem the time, minimize wastage. Uh, And and this is what the Lord wants you to do. If you can stop following your interest, if your pursuits can be, you can retire from your pursuits, and if you can focus on what God wants you to pursue, man, wastage will be done away with, man. You know, don't, don't waste your time being in the places of your interest. Ask God to send you where he wants you to go. Man. Be bold to tell, tell the Lord. You know, I've, I've told the Lord that. Lord, I, I'm ready to go where you want me to go. But just prepare me. Amen. Wherever you want me to go, I'm, I'll go. But make sure, Lord, that I'm, I'm ready for it. Prepare me. And this must be your prayer. Instead of saying, Lord, I would like to go there. I would like to do that. And that's your interest. That's your pursuit in life. And at the, the end of, uh, there's a way that seems right to man, but the end of it is destruction. There's no fruit there. There's pain and agony. But God wants you to go where he leads us. These are the sons of God, those who are led by the Spirit. We heard that on Friday. God has been ministering to us there also. Being led by the Spirit of God. And you must be led by the Spirit of God. Man, not by your whims and fancies. So be available to the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is speaking to the church very clearly. Be alert. Can can you repeat it after me? Say be alert. alert. Tell your neighbor be alert. alert. Tell your neighbor be attentive. Tell your neighbor be available. Tell your neighbor be Be aware. aware. Hallelujah. I hope uh, the person heard all that. Be aware. Be alert. Be available. Be attentive. God is doing something very special. It's, It's incredible what... The Lord has been ministering to us in this, in this season. You must make use of every possible opportunity for you to learn and study and, and hear God's word. Now I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to uh, reiterate what he's speaking to us so lovingly. He wants to repeat, he wants to underline, he wants to emphasize the things that he has been ministering to us. And his message is for those who would listen to him. Not for those who would ignore him. Don't ignore the Holy Spirit. Do not ignore the Holy Spirit. Don't ignore his warnings. Again, we are at Christmas. The the story is full of warnings. They were warned, divinely warned by the Spirit. Man, Joseph and Mary were divinely warned by an angel. And... uh, the Magi, they were divinely warned not to go back the same way. They took a different route. The, the, the Holy Spirit is into giving us warnings ahead of the season that we get into, ahead of the things that we get into. Don't ignore the warnings of the Holy Spirit. You know, some of us are some of us are experts in ignoring warnings. Some of us are experts in ignoring warnings. You'll be warned like ten times. And the very next day, you'll be facing the very thing that you were warned about. But when you, when you are in that hour of temptation, in that hour of facing that trial or whatever it is, that challenge, you completely forgot, have forgotten, the, it has passed into oblivion. The warnings that God gave. Are you like that? Are you the kind of person who, who pays close attention to the warnings of God? The warnings of God. You know, it it's amazing. Sometimes I look at people and I'm like, isn't this what they heard last Sunday? Isn't this, this what they heard on Friday? And how, 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 can, how can they make that mistake? Isn't this this what they heard through the year? And you see something that is, that is drastically challenging, diagonally extreme, to what the Spirit of the Lord was warning them about. The problem is, you know, when, when the warning comes, you, know, you you tend to put the... The face of man. That's the problem. Ah, and I'm not a pastor eh? Now he sings with us. He like you know he jokes with us. He eats with us. Oh, that is a uh, pastor Vin. You know, we know him. We play football together. Oh, that, that's just, just uh, the sound engineer and the light engineer. They they just, just just king. No king. He's just king. You tend to become so familiar with the, the people that God has placed in your life that you miss out on the gravity of the warning that the Holy Spirit is giving to you. Such a sad place to be. Don't ignore specifics. Don't ignore warnings. And I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm amazed at how Christians can actually ignore God's repeated time, timely word. It's impossible. It's, it's, it's impossible. How how, how How can that happen? How is it possible? All right, let me go into the the word that I have for you today. Let's just uh, ask the Lord to minister. Father, we ask ask of you that you will open our eyes, our ears, our senses, Lord, to receive the word. Lord, we want to receive it all. We know that there is something specific for us. A word in season, a timely word that can bring light into the dark places in our lives. That can put an end to our confusions. That can correct us and, and retrack us, Lord, to be on the right track with you. Help us, Lord. We pray, Lord, that even today you will warn us one more time. If we are making the wrong moves in life, warn us, correct us, prevent us, Lord, from overstepping the lines that you have drawn. Because we, we know that in the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and freedom. We know the lines that you have drawn for us are for our good, it's a place of freedom and liberty. Real freedom is within the boundaries that you've placed for us, Lord. And this morning we ask of you that you'll minister your word richly to us, Lord. We are in need to hear, to listen, and to be edified and encouraged by your word. Speak to us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's read from Luke chapter 1, verse 5 onwards. It's Christmas, so let's, let's look at something that I, I love. Now, I remember ministering from this passage two, three years back. And I thought I've exhausted this passage because the way I went that time, it was I thought it was quite intense and deep and detailed. And I just, but the Spirit of the Lord asked me to read that passage on my day. I'm like, okay, what is there? Because I've already preached on this. And now I'm amazed. What the Lord can open up is never, like, like uh, Brother King shared, never be, Never get familiar with God's word in that manner. All right, let's read. Verse 5 onwards. In the days of Herod, say Herod. Herod, king of Judea, there was a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both advanced in years. Alright, let's, let's go little by little. Now you have to understand a little bit of context here. Um, <clears throat> hallelujah. Who is Zacharias and Elizabeth? Who are they? Who are they? Yes, Zacharias and Elizabeth. Like uh, father of? Father and the parents too? John the Baptist. Okay, so, so you all know that. So what is so peculiar about John the Baptist? So much to say, speak about. What is so peculiar about John the Baptist? Is the forerunner of Christ, alright. The one who came to herald the coming of Jesus Christ into this world. Or the ministry of Jesus Christ in this world, yes. He was a Nazarite set apart for uh, ministry, set apart for The work of the Lord, yes. What else? He baptized Jesus. Brilliant. He baptized Jesus. How can you forget that? He was bold, he was fearless, he was not afraid of influential people. Huh? He had access, his voice had access to palaces. Oh, Now, you have to understand the context. The time between the Old Testament and the New Testament is commonly um, named as the 400 years of silence. You all know that, I believe. You all know that? 400 years of silence. There existed uh, roughly 400 years between the time uh, God spoke to the prophets of the Old Testament and then He again. There's no revelations or prophets. God did not send any prophet after... That, that time frame. You know, Malachi is p- probably chronologically the last one. Uh, you know, and Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. And between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there existed 400 years of silence. And it does not mean that God was silent. It just meant that God did not raise a prophet. God did not send a prophet. There were no new revelations. It is a time that is given between the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's amazing to think about it. We are in such a time, by the way. Okay, the book of Malachi ends by saying, Behold, I am going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. Behold, I am going to send you who? Help me on this. Who? Say it loud. I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the, before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. So who, who is Malachi prophesying about? Who's Malachi prophesying about? John the Baptist. I, I hope you, are, you, knew, you knew that. You know that he's talking about John the Baptist. You don't know that? Okay, I, I'll show you from scripture. So Malachi was prophesying that God is going to send Elijah. Before the great and terrible day of the Lord. And then there was 400 years of silence. No Elijah came in those 400 years. Malachi said the word of prophecy. Some of you have received the word of prophecy. This will come, that will come, nothing is happening. Like that they had to wait 400 years for this Elijah to appear. And uh, no prophet spoke, no new revelations were given uh, to the Jewish people until John the Baptist Arrived On the scene Now look at Zacharias and Elizabeth It's like Malachi passed The the prophetic baton To Zacharias and Elizabeth In the prophetic timeline The the handing over of the baton happened Malachi went straight And gave it to Zacharias Because the next personality That you would see Chronologically would be Zacharias and Elizabeth Yeah Chronologically the next Personalities after Malachi's prophecy is Zacharias and Elizabeth, who were chosen to be the parents to this Elijah, who was to come. Amen. So if you if you can if you can place these two characters Mal- Malachi and Zacharias side by side, or Malachi and Zacharias and Elizabeth side by side, then you will realize it is a this. It's not separated. It's one continual line. How God dealt with all those details, all those prophetic details were all taken into account when God performed the event. It's incredible. Christmas is such a well-planned, God paid such attention to details, every little nuance of that event was thought about, planned about, and executed to perfection. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. So 500, okay, now look at 400 years of silence. Say 400 years of silence. Say say it loud, 400 years of silence. Why would God place 400 years of silence between the time of Malachi the prophet and the coming of Elijah who's John the Baptist? Have you ever thought about it? Why? Why would God do that? 400 years of silence. God could have done it the next year itself. Or the next day or the next month or the next year. I would say uh, maybe after a decade. But we are talking about four centuries after the prophetic word came. Why would God give such a period in history? Why would he keep quiet for four centuries? By the way, during that time, do you know that prophecies came in the past? Are you with me? Prophecies were fulfilled in those 400 years. Daniel's prophecy was fulfilled. Yeah, those lot of things were happening in those 40 years. If you ask me, I don't find any other reason, except the ones that I'm going to mention, that God would place 400 years of silence between these two. The prophecy by Malachi and the appearance of John the Baptist. Number one, God placed 400 years for the Jewish people to God. God is giving time. God placed 400 years for the people to recognize the fulfillment of prophecies. Man, God is spacing it out. Okay, now you watch. All the prophecies that were mentioned which are supposed to take place, fulfilled in this point of time. It's gonna, it's gonna get fulfilled. Then, God placed those 400 years for the people to study and know God's word. I hope these things are relevant to you. Now you are in such a period. Do you, do you know that? And Jesus came. He, he gave us the gospel. And the church was established. And he went. And he said I'm going to come back soon. We are, in that, we are in that waiting period. Just like the, people, the Jewish people waited for the Messiah to come. Jewish people waited for the forerunner of the Messiah to come. Who was John the Baptist. They waited for 400 years. Likewise we are waiting for the coming of our Lord. And technically, I don't want to say this are silent years, but technically it is similar to those four years of silence. Are you with me? You know why God is giving us so many years? So that as a church, we can see God. As a church, we can recognize the fulfillment of prophecies. So that as a church, we can study and know God's word. So that we can prepare for the coming of the, the Lord. Just like how they were given time, 400 years to prepare for the coming of the Messiah. Still, look at this. They have given 400 years, 400 years. Okay, let's talk about exams. Okay. Like, let's take Anna. Okay, Anna is studying engineering. Okay. And she's got an exam coming up already, by the way. She just joined like last week or something. And she already has an exam to deal with very soon, like in a, in a couple of weeks from now. So she's given how many days, let's say a week, to study for the exam. One fine day, they'll say the exam has been postponed. And then it gets postponed further. It gets postponed further. And finally, let's say you have the the initial time frame that you got when the, the exam was announced was like say one week. Now you have like a few months to prepare for the exam. The human tendency is that you will not do so well. Because, just because you're given so much time. That's a human tendency. But the, the university in, in its kindness is giving time for Anna and her peers to study well by giving more time. Are you with me? So God in his kindness is giving time. Just like he gave time for the Jewish people to prepare for the coming of the Messiah. He put a silence. No activity now. No disturbance now. No distractions now. Let the people get ready. Let them see with their eyes the fulfillment of prophecies. Let them study God's word. Let them search out prophecies. And let them be ready when the Messiah appears. What happened? They missed him. Likewise, God is giving us time now. It's been 2,000 years already. For us to see the fulfillment. I mean, how many prophecies are getting fulfilled by the day? By the day. If your eyes are open, you can see the fulfillment of prophecies. Left, right, center. We are in such a season. I don't think any generation has ever lived on the face of this planet who have seen this, kind, this number of prophetic fulfillments. So clear, so vivid, yet look at some of how some of us are living. Look at how most of the churches, I don't want to say most of the church, a part of the church, I would say, let God decide how much is that. It's sad to see sections of church being so lethargic and lukewarm in spite of being given time to study God's word and to be ready. How direct were were the the warnings by Jesus? I will come like a thief in the night. My day will come like a thief in the night. And he gave those uh, parables about the ten virgins. The servants I mean, and still, we act like we have all the time in the world. Are you with me? Are you seeking God? Or is it a, a period of absolute silence for you? When Malachi prophesied, he was dealing with some issues in that generation. They were, they were robbing God. He dealt with that. There was immorality. There was pagan marriages. When you read Malachi, you'll see all that. He spoke about all those things, set everything in order. And then God said, now, shh. Let them put it all together and be ready. Man is without excuses. That's the brilliance of God's plan. Man is without excuse. We were having lunch yesterday after practice. We, were, we met through the day. And we were having lunch and we were just talking about what God is ministering in this church. And uh, you know, somebody was saying, the problem is, we hear all this, we are without excuse. If we haven't heard, it is good for us. Because we can present some excuse. But you, in this church, you don't have an excuse. I'm telling you, you don't have an excuse. Now you, you some of you look very safe and all. But I want to tell you, I want not really disturb your feeling of security and safety. By telling you, You are without? God wants you to know that the seeming silence is not because he is sleeping, but because he is giving time. Say time. is giving us time. That we may redeem the time. That we may remove the waste. Amen. That we may remove that which is... While, even today the promise of his coming is not keeping us in wait... Because God has forgotten the plan. No. Some of you think, He would have forgotten. Behold, I am coming quickly. He forgot. So let him take his time. No, he has not forgotten. By the way, everything is ready. Yeah. Everything is ready. The sun is ready. The angels are ready. The trumpet is ready. Everything is ready. This is waiting for the father to say now. That's all. That's all. That's all. God did not wait for anybody. God did not wait for any kingdom. God did not wait for any king. When, when everything was ready, very quietly, very discreetly, Jesus was born to Joseph and Mary. Hallelujah. God is not slack concerning his promises. He's not slack. <coughs> God is not slack. He is long-suffering toward us. He desires for all men to be saved. That's why he's giving us time. Well, let us look at the text one more time. The opening line mentions that it was Herod's period of rain. But then the text continues or shifts the language to focus on two characters. Who are they? Zacharias and Elizabeth. So suddenly, so it said during the time of Herod the king or the reign of Herod the king, there was a certain priest by the name Zacharias who was married to a certain daughter of Aaron by the name Elizabeth. Heaven's limelight is not on celebrities. Heaven is not searching for celebrities. Heaven is not interested in uh, famous people. Heaven is not interested in who is ruling, which party is in power. Heaven is not waiting for Joe Biden's rule to come to an end. No. Are you following what I'm saying? Whether it is Herod or um, whoever it is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to God. Because heaven's focus is on those who are with the right heart. Look at the, look at the scripture. It says. Now they were both righteous in the sight of God. Walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. Heaven is looking for such people. Those who are righteous. Walking in the commandments of God. Those who are, those who tremble at his word. Those who have a broken and contrite spirit. That's right. Those who are pure. Like we heard that. Purity. God is speaking to us. God, heaven is looking for pure people. They shall see God. You know, why, why are we so fascinated by this, this uh, stardom? Why are we so fascinated by the, what the world is carried away by? You are a Christian. You have some substance. It is, it is not on the rich or the affluent that heaven is looking at. It is not on the proud or the haughty that heaven is not looking at. It is not on kings or princes that heaven is focused on. God's focal point is the one whose heart is right before him. That, so this must give such confidence to you. Amen. You might not be a king. You might not be so famous. You might not have so many followers. You might not be so rich. But you have a right heart before God. It must make you so confident in life. You know why? Because heaven is watching all the time without blinking. God is watching over you without blinking an eyelash. That's the power that you carry. When, when Samuel the prophet, prophet was sent to anoint the next king of Israel, he went to the house of Jesse. And one by one they came. God said, skip, skip, skip. Next, 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 skip. And then said, is there any more? And then they had to send one whose heart was right before God. A man after God's own heart. A man full of worship unto God. He was in the wilderness. He was in the field taking care of sheep. Not the qualification that a king would require. But God commanded the prophet, no, there is more. And the prophet had to tell the father, "Is there more?" And he said, oh, I have one more, but he's—he's he's not like these ones. He's a useless guy. He's, he's a weakling. He's not fit for battle. Huh? he—he does not go to the go to the gym. That's very important for a king. He does not go to the gym. He is into like you know, he he, he sits under one tree and just you know just plays the harp and sings all the day." Uh, to his God and write songs unto God every day he comes nobody is listening to him just he and God he's not released at all so he's just he's not released at all so I, I mean he, he's not he's not a performer also he, where does he sing where does he sing sheep. to the sheep and the sheep will be head bang <laughs> that's David God said, this is the one. Because his heart is right before me. Amen. Hallelujah. Now the problem is, we, are, we have all these nonsense ideas. This, the church must get rid of these stupid, idiotic, demonic ideas. We must sanitize the church from all these stupidities. That, that's right. Like Jesus came with a whip and he overturned the tables. The marketplace was driven out of the church. We must do that. Today, we, the church is like, and people in the church are like, "Oh, look at how they do things in the world. Whoa. We must do like that. Did God ask you to do like that? Did Jesus ever do that? Did the disciples ever do that? Then what makes you think that God is interested in in modern day technology and this and that and, you know, marketing and uh, public relations stunts and gimmicks and this and that so that the, by the way, at the end of it, somewhere you'll, disclaimer, so that the gospel can be preached. It's not about the gospel. The truth is, it's not about the gospel. It's not about the gospel. You can, you can paint a pretty picture and say, no, it's all for the gospel. No, it's all about you. It's not about Jesus. It's not about Jesus. If it is about Jesus, you have to do it the way he wants you to do it. You know, you don't, you don't get so fascinated by the world that you want to, you want to enrich your, um, your wisdom from the world. You want to enrich your ideas from the world. You want to copy and paste it in the church. No, no copy paste into the church. The world has copied a lot of things from the church. And they are thriving on that because they are doing it well. And then they added so many other things because uh, the devil was corrupting it. And now it's not for the church to go and copy all those things and bring it back to the... No, we are good. Then you know, I believe God has placed Christmas at the end of the calendar year to serve the purpose of bring back the focus... It's good to have some at the end of the year, you're already like, you know, you're beat. And then God brings Christmas to refresh you, to revive you and to bring back some focus. And to tell you, it's not about all the stunts that you did through the year. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Read the account of Christmas in the book. And you will realize that in the days of Herod the king, two people who are obscure, advanced in age, Apachin and Amachi, Hallelujah. And look at this. It's it's amazing. Christmas must help us year after year to realize, to make us realize that God operates so differently. Hello. I want to tell you, church, God operates so, say so, so so differently, so differently from the way the world functions. Hello. That's the, that's the, the icing on the cake when it comes to Christmas. You can't miss that. In the script of Christmas, you can't miss that. We would have, if we were given the script writing rights to this play, this story, we would have placed John the Baptist in Herod's palace. John the Baptist would be born to Herod, the king. During the time of Zachariah. Zachariah and uh, Elizabeth, okay? they will be mere props in the play. Just props in the background. If we were to do the scripting, But when God did the scripting, Herod was a prop in the background. Amen. And Zacharias and Elizabeth, who were right before God, blameless before him, were the main characters. If the church is not classy enough for you, something is terribly wrong with your mindset. If God's ways of doing things are not, not smart enough for you, you have to change your mindset. Get into God's word. God is not outdated. His plans are not outdated. His ways are not outdated. His ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His plans are better than your plans. Don't follow the trend of this world. So outdated. So outdated. It's the same thing that they're doing it over and over. Over and over. There's nothing new in this world, the Bible says. Nothing new. Under the sun, there is nothing new. And the palace may look better, but the manger is where the divinity is. It's incredible. Think about it. And the palace might look better. Wow, that's, that's a palace. Herod's palace. But, the, but divinity is laid in the manger. The star which appeared to them led them away from the palace into an ordinary house. They saw Jesus in an ordinary house. You can read the account. It says, they came to the house, the house, not the palace. They came to the house where Jesus and, you know, Joseph and Mary and Jesus were. That's where they came and saw him. Do not follow the hubbub of the crowd. The crowd, always the bus of the crowd. No, 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 don't follow the hubbub of the crowd. That's not where Jesus is. God will not change his plans. Okay, listen to this. God will not change his plans to include the masses. God will not change his plans to make it more inclusive. Ah, that's a new word, the trending word. God will not change his plans, his ways to make things more inclusive. God is very exclusive to those who are righteous. His plans are very exclusive. Very exclusive. It's for those who seek him. Not for those who ignore him. His plans are for those who seek him. Verse 6 says, They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord, blameless, but they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they both were well advanced in years. Hallelujah. I want to break a, a misconception that you may have. Now you think that if you're righteous and blameless and uh, you know, you're doing everything according to God's plan or according to God's commandment, you will have no issues in life. Look at them. They were blameless. They were righteous, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord. Blameless. But, say but, they had no child. So if you're following after God, just for the sake of having no problems in life, that's not the right attitude. You might be following him hard, you might be focused on him, but you'll still have challenges in this life. Man, but that, uh, what you must understand here is, the problems in life is because or are because God is planning something bigger than your expectations. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. They are well advanced in years. They've, they've given up. They've given up. They stopped visiting uh, hospitals for this. They stopped doing, taking, I mean, I don't know whether they took tra- treatment for this, but they stopped doing all that. they stopped taking advices for this concerning having a child. Because they were both were old, well-advanced in age, beyond the age of childbearing. Now, sometimes things can get delayed. You know why? Because God wants to bring something better. The prophetic fulfillment is according to God's timeline, not according to your timeline. Amen? Now, look at this. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. Amen? If you let God, He will connect the dots doesn't matter how far apart the dots are. These dots were 400 years apart. Are you with me? These dots were 400 years apart. The prophetic word came 400 years before the time of Zacharias and Elizabeth. But if you are walking blamelessly, righteous in the sight of God, keeping all the commandments of God, you know what God will do? God will connect the dots. Across the four centuries. Amen. And that ink, this ink that he uses to connect the dots across time frame, across centuries, will never dry out or fade out. That's God. It's incredible. You think about it. Think about it. Nobody had to do anything for that. The word was released. Four years of silence. No other prophet came to sustain it or to carry it or to remind of it. Nothing happened. 400 years later, an old man and old woman in their house are receiving the fulfillment of what God spoke more than 400 years back. If God wants to plan something bigger than your expectations, are you ready for it? Or are you still, are you still so, uh, this, this, is, this is what I want to do in life. This is my expectation concerning my life. This is my plan. This is my baby. I cherish this, my vision, my dream, my plan. You know what? When you're doing that, my, 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 God, in the background, the Holy Spirit is saying, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. I have plans to bring you to an expected end. That's what God is saying in the background. But what to do? We are so consumed by my, my, my. So egoistic. So selfish. Obsessed by the self. So full of ourselves. For God to exceed your expectations, you have to drop your expectations. Amen. For God to exceed your expectations, you have to drop your expectations. And then God will will prove, like we heard today, God will prove, He will prove that you are nowhere close to his expectations. Amen? Amen. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah? Amen. How, how, how confident can we get about ourselves? How confident can man be about his own flesh? Here today and gone tomorrow. Like the grass that withers. Like the flower that fades. Gone with the wind. That's what we are. But how confident can we get about our flesh, mortal flesh? Let's keep reading. Now it came about while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division. According to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by Lord to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. So this man was a, a regular worship leader. He was a regular part of the worship team. Like some of you here. He's, he's, he's a regular to church. Some of you are regular to church. He was like that. He was like, you know, he followed the according to the custom, say custom, of, his, of the priestly. He kept that, the appointed order of his division, the priestly performing his priestly service. He was like, he was, he was, keep, he was always following the rooster. Regular. You, can, you can't find fault with many of those things. On a Sunday morning, you will see him in Revelation Church serving the Lord. There was Zacharias. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside the hour of the incense offering. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Standing to the right of the altar of incense. And Zacharias was, What? Sacrifice was what? Are you sure? I mean, is it a mistake in my Bible? Sacrifice was? Sacrifice was? That's what your Bible says? Is that what the... Oh, it also says the same thing. Sacrifice was troubled when he... saw so whom? You mean sacrifice, the one who's regular to church, the one who leads worship, the one who's part of the, the, the ministry team, He follows the rooster. He's so regular. Nobody has to remind him of the routine. He knows when to come, what to do. He's so well versed with it. The Bible says he was troubled when he saw the angel of the Lord. Saccharis was, you mean Sacrifice the priest was troubled to see the angel of the Lord. Why? Isn't that what he's supposed to do all the time? You know, some of us are like this, you are so regular, you are so disciplined about some of these things, but you are not ready to face the supernatural. You are so disconnected with what God wants to do in your life. You're not ready for the angels to appear. You're not ready for what God wants to do in your life. You're not ready for the breakthrough. You're not ready for the miracle because you have ruled it out. No, those things don't happen in this time and age. Those things happened during Paul the Apostle. When Peter was around, those things happened. But today, hello church, you have to wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Don't go to sleep. Don't go to slumber. Just because you stand before the Lord day in and day out does not automatically prepare you to receive the supernatural workings of God. You can be so switched off doing the things that you do in church. So disconnected from what God is doing. Your hands might, might be on those knobs. You might be playing the right strings. You might be doing the right roles. You might be in the right chair that you sit every Sunday. But your heart will be far from what God is doing. Not responding to the word that comes to you. The word that can change you. The word that can prepare you and cause you to launch into what he wants to do in your life. You know why? You're troubled. When you see the angel, you're... It beats me. And I was reading that. I'm like, what? Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel. And fear gripped him. Isn't this the man who goes into the presence of God? He enters the Holy of Holies and he ministers before the... And he is... Trouble to see the angel of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now some of you have to change. Some of you have to be ready. Say ready. You have to be ready. How expectant are you about the supernatural? Have you given upon the supernatural? Have you given upon dreams and visions? Have you given upon gifts of the Holy Spirit? Have you given upon healings taking place? Have you given upon miracles taking place? Have you given upon multiplication of resources? Have you given upon the dead being raised? Have you given upon preaching the gospel? Is it just about coming and warming the chair in sun, in, in the church every Sunday? We got to change. It doesn't matter how regular you are, how, how uh, dip, dip, uh, focused you are in service, in ministry. But this person could not stand the sight of the angel. He was so Taken aback by the angel of the Lord, who is who is an angel? By the way, what does the Bible talk about angels? Ministers unto whom? That's right, ministers unto us who have inherited salvation. Do you even know that there are angels right now? There are angels right now. That's why some of the angels are like you know they can't walk. You know why? Because they're covering their eyes, not because they are seeing God. Because the things that you do, they can behold those things. The places that you go, they can't stand. So they are covering their eyes with their wings. I hope your angels are not walking like this. I hope your angels are not walking like that. Ashamed to even see the things that you do or or consider the ways that you take We are so disconnected from the supernatural at times. When you go to school, you know that angels are coming with you? Papa drops you to school. Who comes with you? Angels of the Lord comes with you. Don't be disconnected from the higher reality of Christian living. Without revelation of this higher reality... Of your Christian existence. You are as good as a non-Christian. Ouch. Ouch. That hurts. Without a continual perpetual revelation. Of the higher reality. Of the supernatural. All around you. You are as good as a non-Christian. That's why we have so much of. Small talk. In the church today. We have so much of. World talk in the church today. You know why? Because the awareness of the supernatural has somehow evaded us. This man was blameless, he was he was perfect, he was he was he was fantastic, he was a he's a priest doing it every week according to the order of his service. But when the angel appeared, he was like, Who who, who is this? It's like he has not even heard about angels. Now, some of you will have to take out the, your phone and do Google Lens. Who is this? To figure out whether, you know, Gabriel Arno, Michael Arno. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. Your supernatural existence must be on top of your mind. Wherever you are. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn back many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. And look at this. And it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Who prophesied that? Malachi prophesied that. Now you know that this is the prophetic fulfillment. For it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. Again a prophecy from Malachi. And the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Look at this. And Sacharai said to the angel, How shall I know this for certain? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. This is the problem. We are so full of our, our condition. How can I know this for certain? Who is speaking? The angel is speaking. What is he saying? Word. He's giving word. He's not saying anything else. The prophecy from Malachi. The angel just connected by the command of the Lord, connected the dot between Malachi's prophecy. To Zacharias' home. That's what he did. He just did that. And Zacharias is like, How will I know this for certain? The angel should have asked, Do you know the word? Have you read the word? Have you heard of Malachi's prophecy? Some of you, By now the angels would have learned the lesson. Some of you, the angel will be asking like this. So how will I know for certain? The angel will be asking you. "You Didn't didn't you hear the, the prophecy? Didn't you hear the word that was preached to you? Did you forget the the word that came to you when you were having a quiet time? Did you forget your father Abraham? How disconnected can we? We just celebrated a brilliant and amazing time at camp. God spoke to you. Is how many weeks back? How many of you still remember the word that God gave you? Some of you already progressed from that. That has passed on to oblivion. It's a distant... Thing of the past. You can't remember. It's like you're rubbing your eyes to What did I see? The vision was, you're rubbing your eyes. You know, you've forgotten that. But God gave you clarity concerning the things that he was ministering to you. Some of you don't remember the word that came to you at the top of this year. No, I've not seen, I've not heard of a generation. Now, we, we look at the, the, all these people and we're like, oh, wow. How can you forget the prophecy and all? But I'm telling you, at least it is after 400 years. Some of you don't, won't even make it 400 seconds. You'll forget the prophecy. 400 seconds down the line, you'll forget the, the prophetic word. That's how terrible some of our conditions are. We have spoiled, thanks to the mobile phone, thanks to the social media, thanks to all that. We have allowed the devil to corrupt our attention span that we can't remember what was ministered on Friday. We can't remember what was ministered on Sunday. We can't remember what was a theme for this entire season. Some of you can't even remember what you read this morning or what was ministered to you at the top of the service. That's how shrunk our attention span has become. And we are looking at Zacharias and going like, how can you forget that for 100 years? You have not made it to 400 seconds. Now I've seen that with my very eyes. This happened to me. And I've seen it happen to others. It is scary. Stop asking questions like this. How shall I know this for certain? You're asking the Lord, how shall I know this for certain? Who are you asking? Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? The angel who ministers in the presence of God day in, day out. Send to this, this man, how shall I know this for certain? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. Like, he, like Pastor Wynne was pointing out, did you forget about Abraham and Sarah? And the angel answered and said to him, I like the angel's answer I am, well, just for you to know, I didn't introduce myself. If you have mistaken me for an Amazon delivery agent, I'm not an Amazon delivery agent. I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news and behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak to them until the day when these things take place because you do not believe my words which shall be fulfilled in their proper time. I wish this will happen to us also. The problem with many Christians is either here or here. Either in the head or in the mouth. Mouth is in the head. I mean, what you think and what you speak. If at least one of those things can be blocked, you are sorted. So that's what the angel did. You shall be mute. Just keep quiet. Don't ask stupid questions. How can I know this for certain? Who do you think I am? I am Gabriel. Don't I look like an angel? That's the problem. Somebody from the presence of God just came and delivered the word from God's mouth itself. But they can't, he can't take it. He is doubting it. And that's the problem with Christians today. God is sending his prophets, his teachers, his, his, his evangelists, his apostles and pro- pastors to speak to you, and you care you two hoots about it, you ignore them, and you think you're going to make it, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it unless you change your mind. Give way to God's word. Give it regard. Give it high regard. Esteem it highly. But we've got to change. By the time the service is and you must all be on, your, on the floor crying out to God for, for mercy and forgiveness. Because you've taken the word of the Lord so lightly. You approach the preaching of God's, God's word like it's something dispensable. I can skip. I can go to sleep. Who are you playing with? What are you dealing with? If God can connect the dots across 400 years don't you think that he is faithful. Your lifetime is nothing compared to 400 years by the way. Your lifetime is nothing compared to anybody 400 years old here? Anybody 400 years old in this place? Okay let's go down. 300? 200? 100? Okay then then, don't talk. Because God could do this 400 years, connected it and said you are the one who is going to bring forth this Elijah which was prophesied 400 years back. Yeah. And today we are so bored. We are so bored. And God's word has become such, such a boring affair. Because we, we have it all the time. You know, the other day we were talking about some food and Ken said I think I'm getting bored eating the same food. I just use, use that as an illustration, okay? Some of us are so bored eating the same food. You cannot be. This is spiritual. Ken can, can get bored about that food. We can get bored about any food, but not with this food. Man, the reverence. No, you you must have such reverence to God's word that. Whatever it takes for you to grab it all, you must do it. If you find yourself lazy and sleepy and, and sloppy uh, in a, in, in the, in, when God's word is being ministered, do something. Ask somebody to slap you. Yeah, you can do that. Or pinch you. So that you will not miss out. See, you had 400 years to study this and at the end of 100 years, this is what you, this how you're doing? How can I be certain? I'll give you an advice. How many of you are on social media? That's like at least namesake. Namesake also is good. Yeah, namesake also is good. I don't know how long you are on social media. But I want to warn you. I really want to warn you. This is the spirit of God. Okay? This is from the spirit of God. I want to warn you. If you are on social media, even if it's a namesake thing, if it is not checked, if it is the first go-to in the morning, if it's the first go-to when you are free, if it's the first thing that you reach out to or open, when you, are, when you have a few seconds with you, it shows you are so disconnected from what God is doing. It's just a symptom. Like they say, um, you know, this is a symptom for this disease. Okay? Like, like that, this, this disease of spiritual disconnection, one of the major symptoms in today's world is when you take out of the phone and you're flipping, you're surfing, scrolling, 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 and it is destroying your brain. For goodness sake, get rid of it. Get rid of it get rid of it. If you can't keep a check on that, get rid of it. It'll at least save your brain and your soul. It's a killer. It's a silent killer. It's a silent killer of your spirituality, of your joy, of your strength, of your attention, of your sharpness, of your effectiveness. It's the largest addiction in the world. It's so the, the easiest to access drug in the world. And by the way, for those of you who don't know, it was made to be like that. It's not like it has evolved to be like that. It was made, manufactured, researched and manufactured and released to be like that. So I'm, I'm, I just want to place that. It, it, it goes with what I said. I know that it goes with what I said. Amen. Hallelujah. Stay connected. Stay connected to God's word. If the angel appears to you today, you should not be like, what is this? We- you must know that an angel. You must have such discernment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants to do something exciting in your life. And God wants to prevent you from major mess. He wants to prevent you from go- getting into all kinds of rubbish and the word is coming to you to keep you on guard, on the watch, prevent you from fall, falling headlong. Amen. Stay on the alert. For for your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand firm. Stand firm. Put on the whole armor of God. God is speaking the same thing. It might be different people, different faces. We are not discussing these things. You know, those who minister from the pulpit are not discussing these things. We are sharing what God is putting in our heart. And if you can't connect the dots, if you can't put it all in perspective, you're going to miss out. Man, it's a very important season. And I I want to tell that by the spirit of the Lord, it's a very important season that you are entering into, that you are in right now and the one that you are entering into. Very important season. Hallelujah. The world is changing. Things are changing. Time is ticking. And the Lord is about to say, now. Now. So you you don't have much time to shape up. You don't have much time to figure things out. You don't have much time to connect the dots. So better be, serve the Lord Lord with, with sincerity of hearts, with gladness, with joy. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's, let's give thanks. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for ministering to us, Lord. I want to take this time to reflect on what the Lord has spoken to you this morning. In the areas that God has convicted you. Some of you have presented a very hard Surface, a very hard surface to the word but the spirit is asking you soften soften your senses receive the word do not resist today if you hear the word of the Lord do not harden your hearts change is the word do not doubt ask the Lord if you, are, if you are asking the wrong questions, ask the Lord to mute you, to hold your tongue, to help you hold your tongue. Ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit so that you will not stumble by the words that you speak. That your progress will not be prevented by the words that you speak so that your breakthrough will not be prevented or blocked from you by the words that you speak. So, your miracles will, will not be kept from you by the words that you speak. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. Discard your agenda. Embrace God's agenda. Discard your agenda. Embrace God's agenda. Serve the Lord. Those of you who are, this is what the Lord is putting in my heart. Those of you who are eager to see a, an increase, a promotion or a lifting up to the next level of ministry, to the next level of being used by God, of service under God. Maybe you, you are desiring to be more effective and more, you are desiring to serve the Lord more with a greater passion, with a greater uh, sense of availability and willingness and you your desirous of having more opportunities come your way to minister. More sh- Hello, this is Nisha koshi I'm sure this podcast has blessed you. Do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected. May God bless you.